Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, where we share knowledge, philosophies, wisdom, and insight to help you on your journey in both sport and life. Introducing your host, Rob Riles. Hello and welcome to Leader Manager Coach. Welcome along to the podcast. As always, it's great to have you along. Now, today's episode, I'm going to get straight into it, is I'm going to entitle it The Wisdom of Seneca. And before I start, as we often do on Leader Manager Coach, I want to give the credit to the for the inspiration and for the knowledge and for the for everything behind this podcast to a gentleman called Tom Morris who is a an established author who wrote a book called The Stoic Art of Living which is subtitled Inner Resilience and Outer Results now anybody who's listened to previous episodes of the podcast will know that we do from time to time feature aspects of stoicism and the work of Ryan Holiday and one of the authors around stoicism that I cannot recommend highly enough is Tom Morris and the book as I say is called The Stoic Art of Living and as I always say I cannot recommend highly enough that you check out the actual book itself and dive into it yourself because there is nothing like reading. What we intend to do on the podcast is facilitate some major points and give you some pointers so that you can apply quickly in your own life, in your own practice, your coaching, your management, your leadership, anything that we we highlight that particularly resonates with you. And in the book, Tom Morris discusses and writes about so prophetically three leaders of Stoicism. And the first one is Seneca. Now, Seneca was a lawyer in the the first century. And one of the analogies or one of the parallels with 21st century living, as much as we, we often have this vision, we have this view that times in the past, particularly that long ago, which it's all relative anyway, things were much slower and there wasn't the cut and thrust of life that there is today. Well, I wouldn't be so sure about that. Yes, we have the internet. Yes, we have social media. Yes, we have microwaves and instant this and instant that. But if you take the time to analyze carefully, the cut and thrust of life was just as acute as it is now. And one of the things that Seneca writes about that Tom Morris highlights so beautifully is his ability to provide us with knowledge and wisdom that allows us to live a good and successful life and a life in the fast lane. So it's not about, it certainly isn't about sitting down under a tree, reading a book or a stone tablet or something, a a scroll from history about philosophy and pondering on it for five years and not actively doing anything about it. It is far from that, which is why we highlight it in Leader Manager Coach. And what I want to underline before we get into it is that remember, 
that whatever sport you're into, whatever leadership capacity is laid at your door, whatever aspect of life, whether it's family, business, it's coaching at an elite level, it's grassroots, it's one-on-one, it's team leadership, it's a political arena, whatever challenge is in front of you that is your path, then what we provide on Leader Manager Coach are insights, wisdom, knowledge, and skills that can help you. Not only help you to traverse your path, but help you to become a better, a stronger, and a more resilient person to deal with ever-increasing challenges. So let's get into Seneca's wisdom. And I'm gonna provide you with around nine points that are highlighted by Tom Morris in the book. And um, here we go. Okay, the first one that stands out for me is Seneca implores us all not to waste time. You know, how many times have we heard it? How many times have we heard it said, it's later than you think? How many times do we get to the to a point in our lives where we look back and think, I was going to do that, I was going to do this, I was going to do that, the other. And the older we get, the nearer we get to the end of our mortal human life, the more we realise that time is precious. That's why people often say, I believe that youth is wasted on the young, because we think that life will last forever when we don't have a perspective. And Seneca implores us to make every second count. I think it's important at this stage not to under, not to think that he means we have to work every second of the day, far from it, as we'll come to in a later point. Seneca talks about making the most of every second we have, in whatever way that is, as a starting point. Value your life, value your time. Point number two, Seneca admonishes people for being disorganized. He talks about and leaves us with great quotations about having an organized mind. Being organized, it helps you be in control of your time. It helps you to be more efficient. It stops wastage. It prevents us from going down the wrong path and it aids our success in whatever field we're in. Now there's, we have all got different characteristics. Some of us are chaotic in the way we deal with things. Some of us are more organized. Some of us show over diligence. You know, I hold my hand up and say that I can be completely far down the road in, on the balance or the, or the, or the spectrum of, of due diligence and paralysis of analysis instead of just getting on with things. And we are all at a certain point on the spectrum. What Seneca is saying is, look, better to be organized than not. If you are chaotic, you will spend a lot of time hitting the wrong targets, aiming at the wrong targets and using incorrect tools, maybe. And as Stephen Covey, it kind of goes back to, to Stephen Covey in one of his principles, his amazing seven principles of success. And he talks about sharpening the saw. You know, if we're going to chop a tree down, we should spend five hours sharpening our saw and one hour chopping the tree. And that's kind of what Seneca's saying. 
Here's an example. I've got an absolute plethora of books and articles and magazines and related items. And they're all in cardboard boxes or they were in cardboard boxes and some of them still are. And about a year ago, I spent what seemed like an inordinate amount of time sorting them out so that I could access the ones I wanted. And I cannot tell you how facilitatory that has been in terms of allowing me to access what I needed and also stimulating thought processes that have made things much more creative. You know, if you want, a, if you want a, a workman to come and work on your house and two guys pull up in, in two white vans outside your door to offer you their services and one has got a tidy, clean, well-stacked, shelved, orderly van where he knows where everything is and another has got a dirty, disheveled pile of tools in the back of his van which one are you going to choose? It doesn't mean that one is necessarily a better craftsman than the other, of course, but I'm sure you get the message. There is benefit, as Seneca tells us, in being organized. Number three, I love this one because it hits home. Life and philosophy and learning is about practice, not theory. We can go on all the courses we want, we can read all the books we want. We can analyze as long as we wish. But at the end of the day, it's not what we know. It's what we do. It's the action that we take. As human beings, to whatever level we are able, to whatever level we are able, because we are all able at different levels, we are able to action certain things and take action and impact and influence and do and create. That is what life is about. And if we, if we fail to do that because of whatever, because of fear, because of trepidation, because of the committee of they, then we are not fulfilling our true destiny. And a lot of people take a dim view of education, a dim view of philosophy particularly and of wisdom and books and say, yeah, it's all right having libraries full of this, that and the other, of wisdom from thousands of years ago and from people who say this and people who say that. It's all about getting out there and doing it. As with many things in life, I believe there is a balance. You know, I've been fortunate enough living in the first world to be able to afford and, and be supported along in educational aspects, football coaching, for one. And I'm very, very fortunate in that, that I've been able to access all that kind of education. But unless I get out on the grass, unless I get with players, unless I engage in activities that are coaching-related, management-related, game-related, I will just have an ever-increasing probably perplexing massive information running around my head that I ruminate on. And yet the guy or lady next to me who has one quarter of the education, but who has had, had X number of years of getting out there on the grass, 
will probably fare a lot better. I'm sure you get the message. It's all about what we do with, with what we know, not just amassing more knowledge. Great lesson for me personally. Leader Manager Coach podcast is available via the Leader Manager Coach app. Download it now to access the rich resource of unique, insightful, and educational material to help you on your own journey in football, sport, and life. Leader Manager Coach for the game, for life. Available now on Google Play and Apple App Store. Number four, Seneca talks about clarity. What a beautiful word, clarity. He talks about clarity in a number of aspects. One of them is knowing yourself. If you do not know yourself, what your desires are, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, what your preferences are, then you'll never be truly happy. Because Seneca talks about a successful life having goals and a successful and happy life and a meaningful life being one where we pursue meaningful and noble goals. The challenge is not achieving them in as much as it is setting them and setting the correct goals. He talks about the pain the suffering and the sheer waste of setting incorrect goals for us personally. And this is a painful, painful lesson. How many of us have chased things that we think we want because we think they will bring us happiness? They th we think it's what we should go after, but actually we haven't taken the time to know ourselves well enough to know that that's not what we really want. It's what we think others want and we should therefore do that. That has been a painful lesson and it can be a painful lesson for many of us. Seneca urges us to take control of our own minds and listen to our hearts and know what it is that we really, really, really want. Link to this, just jumping to another great mind, Brian Johnson talks about a book which discusses Leonardo da Vinci or something along the lines of how to think like Leonardo da Vinci. And a great master like da Vinci, one of the processes that Johnson brings out of that book, and I have read this particular thing and I hold my hand up and say I never went through with this process, is to write down 100 questions. Just sit down and for as long as it takes, dare to focus your mind and write down 100 questions that you want an answer to. Don't, don't filter it. Don't specifically tell yourself you can't ask that. Just write them down. And then select the top 10 that inspire you the most and then put those 10 in order. And what the book tells us or advises us is that those 10 questions provide us with the answer to what our life should be like because those 10 questions provide the insight 
into the things that really, really inspire us and are linked to our strengths and our passions. And Seneca talks about having that kind of clarity, whether you follow that process or not, but the clarity to know yourself so you know what your goals are, you know what your values are, what you think is important. Truth, honesty, courage, love, connection, family, endeavor. It could be travel. It could be a business empire. It could be a legacy. What are your values? But get the time, find the time to get clarity on what your values are, who you are as a person, how you operate as a coach, and therefore what your goals are. Plan and chart your course accordingly from this clarity and be prepared to adapt. You know, along this, within this point, Seneca talks about having noble goals where you absolutely trust yourself because you know you're on the right path. How do you know you're on the right path? Because you know within yourself you are in the right path. And that links us to another one of Seneca's points later on because these are all linked. They're like a chain. The links of a chain linked together. The next one, Seneca talks about having an inner confidence. And personally, I don't see how this can cannot be linked to the point before. Because if you know you are on the right path, if you know you are doing what you are meant to do, what feels right, what aligns with your goals and your values and who you are as a person, you will have an inner confidence as a natural consequence of that. It's not about necessarily building confidence in any other way. Real confidence, true confidence, just surges up and rises up and wells up when you know that you know that you know. And you know that you know that you know when you've done the work. You may be lucky and you may have had an environment and an upbringing and a, and a, and a cultural introduction into the world in a family or a, or a school or a, an environment where you are just guided and, and, and by natural causes and consequences arrive at a place that feels right for you. Others have to struggle and find and, and find places that aren't right and then when you know what isn't right you can then determine what is right. But it's having that inner confidence and having that inner confidence, Seneca talks about, often comes from disaster. Because within disaster is opportunity. It comes from being wounded. It comes from training. From adversity. Because all of these things where we struggle. Where there is strife. And there are challenges. Forces us to go within and to grow. And it is from these things that we can come back stronger. And then, having been there and having developed the skills and the abilities to overcome these challenges, we can face them and move on to the next plateau and the next challenge. But inner confidence is a necessity. Next one consistency 
Being inconsistent is a disease. And this is a painful one for me personally in certain aspects in the fact that I know that I, I can be inconsistent in certain aspects of life. And one of, one of the ways that we deal with challenges is to know that there's a challenge in the first place. But you have to be, according to Seneca, consistent. You have to be persistent. You, if you know, because it's linked, as I've already said, to the other points, if you know what your goals are, you know yourself, you can then chart your course. And success isn't going to come overnight. It will come after years of hard work, due diligence, application, focus, and process. As George Leonard talks about in Mastery, you practice, you practice, you practice, you adjust, you practice, you get advice from mentors, you practice and you practice, you are consistent. Turning up is half the job. That's number one. Getting up in the morning and getting to work is half the job. The rest may follow, but Seneca urges us to be consistent. The great thing about life is that it forgives us and allows us to get back on track when we've fallen off and fall off regularly, we may. The next one, which is a beautiful one, because Stoicism and the philosophy of Stoicism can, can seem to be very cerebral or it can be very conscious and it can be very rational. And there can seem to be a lack of emotion and the aspects of the heart that drive so much of life. But Seneca urges us to follow our hearts so that our journeys are lofty journeys that are meaningful to us. Because if they're not meaningful to us, we won't have what it takes to complete them. Because it's that meaning, it's that desire to carry on when there's only a speck of light at the end of the tunnel. Without that meaning, we're unlikely to follow that speck of light. And it can lead to a very, very dark place. Seneca urges us amidst the frenetic life, the goal setting, the ministry of what we do, the coaching, the leadership, the politics, the cut and thrust, to take time for family, for friends, for communion, for comradeship, for communication, for nature, for walks, to balance it all out. Life is not just about work, work, work. It makes Jack a dull boy. If you want to know, just ask me. Many of us were taught that the price of success has to be paid no matter what. And if you decide to pay it all at once without taking any breaks, you're likely going to head for either disaster or a very dull, blunt sword that won't cut through life. We have to have a balance and we need to follow our heart because that's where it begins in the first place. And rest, recuperation, breaks, holidays, time off, refreshment, good sleep are all part of the process that makes us a whole and a more successful human being. 
The next one, Seneca talks about the development of character. Success in life, strangely enough, is not about achieving what it is we think we want to achieve. Whatever business goal, whatever amount of money, whatever financial success, whatever pot of gold, whatever property portfolio, whatever FA Cup, whatever brass vase, whatever gold cup, whatever championship. Yes, that seems to be the prize. The real success, the real prize is the person, the leader, the manager, the coach we become in the process of achieving that. And I heard a a discussion from a, a business leader the other day, a highly successful businessman, and I mean a highly successful businessman, who said that we shouldn't aim to become a billionaire or a millionaire. We should aim to develop the skills that allow us to create being a millionaire or being a billionaire or being a cup winner or being a leader, being a great coach. It's about developing character. And we can do that. Seneca talks about modeling and who we spend our time with. The late, great Jim Rohn said, I can tell you exactly who you are if you tell me who the five people are that you spend most of your time with. We become like those we spend our time with. Choose carefully your own mentors and let your character develop by what you read, what you listen to, and who you spend your time with. And the last one from Seneca, which fits in perfectly, takes us all the way back to his first one about not wasting time, is Carpe Diem. Seize the day. At first glance, seize the day might mean jump into action and just keep going until you've got nothing more to give. And sometimes at certain points, that's a very valid way to go about things. But taken from a more rational standpoint, Seneca's wisdom, carpe diem, means seize the day in terms of the only time we have is now. And it's not all about action. It's not all about rest. It's not all about anything. It's about what is appropriate for us at this particular time. It doesn't, Seneca is not referring to the content of what we do. He is just reminding us to seize the day. Be conscious, be aware, be awake to this ticking time. The, the sands of time that run through. Be aware of that and seize the day doing whatever is most appropriate now. And that's what Seneca leaves us with. And those are the nine points from Seneca's wisdom. As I say, it's a wonderful, wonderful book. And to have access to the mind of a man from 2,000 years ago 
who lived an amazing life that's so relevant to what we do today is a wonderful thing. Tom Morris and the Stoic Art of Living and Seneca's Wisdom. Leader, manager, coach. Great to chat. Catch you later. Bye-bye.